Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So we're streaming this live, as we always do, in the Facebook places of the world. So if you ever need to go look at this and watch this or just listen to us, feel free to go visit Live the Fuel, our page. Uh, but today... I'm bringing on, yes, as always, yet another new guest co-host. This gentleman connected with me a few weeks back, and last time I checked, unless he's moving around the world, is still airing from Canada. So, But let me give you a quick skinny on this guy, because right now with so much happening during the quarantines, during the lockdowns, during it's been challenging people. Uh, Everybody I reach out to, I still try and connect with people. You all out there listening to this are challenged by connectivity, maybe even your own relationships. I've been reading about people, people's relationships crashing and burning. Others are thriving. Others are being tested to become thriving like my own. <laughs> and uh, so, so obviously there's your hint of the day. We're going to talk about happy, healthy relationships, the challenges with them, uh, because today's new guest co-host for you is a relationship coach from Toronto, Canada. And uh, he actually helps people create amazing and enviable, I like that word, enviable relationships. And right now, most people are probably thinking about survival of the relationships, but why not jump forward and move into that future position of enviable? So he's been into self-empowerment. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I think a lot of us through our self-work need to become self-empowered, self-improved. Improvement uh, extends across personal and professional boundaries. So without further ado, we're going to talk about insanely actionable strategies today today. Maybe some happier relationships for y'all. So today's this guest goes, sir. Welcome to the show, Roman Miranoff, sir. Hi, Scott. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, thanks for joining <laughs> me. And uh, good timing. I've had some stressful uh, the past week or two. Because I hear cheers. And uh, it's funny cheers. because I'm all about beating and like crushing the stress. But we're human. Well, are, are, are we, it's okay to be a little stressed out once in a while because we got to find those ways to overcome those experiences. And that's how I kind of wanted to start off today because I've been reading about people's relationships being challenged, being struggled. But then I'm also following friends of mine who are thriving. They've created some innovative ways to be happier and possibly enviable, uh, at, least, at least according to social media. Uh, so what yeah. are your thoughts on that? How do you want to start off on that subject? Um. I, I would definitely agree that people are challenged now, staying together at home. And this is a very good time to practice. One tip that I always teach is that you need to spend time apart strategically because you can't be in the same space all the time. And you need to you know, create that space between you to miss each other. That's important. And you know, th- this situation just made it, you know, it's challenging, but it's also a blessing because it helps people really to practice this thing. I, I completely agree with that. Actually, my wife and I were just joking the other day. She's like, when I when I get a little fired up, I get a little stressy, I try and escape the home office here and, and, and go out to my garage where I have a nice gym and work out, do something. Like you and I were talking before the show today, I'm going to unplug after this show, go out into that said garage and work on a project for my wife's veterinary business. And it does allow me to unplug and separate but then obviously at the end of the day, I'm still coming back to the same house. My wife and I, you know, spending time and we joke around that she's like, I can't wait for you to leave on a business trip again. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and honestly, I agree. I, I love the point you made on missing each other. I, people are like, oh, well, you should be happy always together. I'm like, no, 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 no. 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, but I like unplugging. I like having a few days. Uh, I actually I have a whole different level of productivity when I'm staying at a hotel on a business trip. I I'm not distracted by the dog, by my wife, by other conversations. I I can. That's how I did a lot of my writing of my book that I'm still trying to get finished and get out there. Is I had no distractions, but also it gave right. me an excuse for you know multiple hours out of a day, sometimes multiple days out of the week to look forward to that quick check-in call that night from the hotel to go talk to the wife, and then hey, I'll catch up with you in a couple of days, and that's it. And then we get exactly. to see each other after three, four days apart. And there, I agree with you. There's a missing component, and you look forward to spending that time together again. Right, right, exactly. So why do people not understand that, though? Why does everybody <laughs> feel like they got to be up each other's butts and be, like, right all over each other? Like, it, I, I make a joke. It, it's kind of disgusting to me. I'm like, okay, my wife and I like having our time apart. <laughs> what are your thoughts on I, that? I think one reason is that people, unfortunately, often don't understand much about relationships in general. Well, so let's pause on that subject then. You didn't always understand a lot about a relationship. Uh, you've gone through your own trials and tribulations and challenges. And, and so what made you fall into that niche, you know, that niche of, okay, I'm not just going to learn a lot about relationships, but I'm actually going to want to start coaching on it. What, what triggered that for you? Um, first of all, I've been a fan of self-development for many years. And, you know, this, this whole information and this whole arena of self-development, it really inspires me. So I want to be pursuing a mission in that arena. That's one thing. The second thing is that I actually went through a painful divorce six years ago. Okay. And, and I thought, wait, wait a second. People are not supposed to suffer like this because I, I made a lot of mistakes in the marriage basically I ruined it and I was miserable and I thought and I knew that I made I, I had made a lot of mistakes and I wanted really to like to be a guide for people in in the sense that this is totally preventable this is what breaks my heart every time because I look at people I look at couples I look how they fight I look how at how they miserable they are and it really really breaks my heart and the third reason is that you know i'm a i'm a very practical guy and after my divorce i i put myself out there i went out to the dating world and i basically tested everything i learned so i yeah i, I was learning reading a lot of information and i was testing it mm -hmm. and you know i i also wanted to put all those years of being out there and talking to women, you know, getting into new relationships. I wanted to put this to work actually to use that experience and information to help other people. So now was a lot of that triggered from the, the painful divorce was, were you, you, were you already kind of studying this anyway, or was that where really the kind of like the, just the straw that broke the camel's back or the, the inspiration was popped wide open because I'm, I agree with you. Like, I was already big into personal professional development uh, when I met my now wife and we were dating. And I've shared this one on a past podcast before. Like it barely lasted a year of dating. And I was already, you know, mid to late 30s. I'm 42 now. So I've got her by five years. She's five years younger. And I, I had no problem. I don't hide it. I tell people, yeah, I was kind of a jackass. Um, 
I was very <laughs> self-indulgent. I was, you know, I came off of years spent, you know, firefighting out west after I left the corporate life, and and then I was, you know, vagabonding or traveling all over the western U.S. and, you know, mountain biking and rock climbing and skiing, and I, I was not in any relationships at all. Did not date. You know, I, I called myself the self-imposed bachelor. Um, it just, I, I thought that was easier, you know, and, and then I meet my now wife and a uh, highly intelligent woman and has a, has very little patience for stupidity. <laughs> 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 and, and, you know, the, the tough guy, you know, oh, I, I don't need this didn't go over too well because, well, she's already approaching her early to mid thirties and women do think differently in that realm. And neither of us wanted kids, so we don't, and we're fine with that, but she also has her patience meter was already pushed to the minimum after like a nine year relationship before we met. Wow. And it's like, okay, it's put up or shut up. And I didn't know that I wasn't listening. I wasn't observing, right. I wasn't focusing on her. It was really just all about me. So she, so she ended the relationship, broke up with me. And, and then I took all that energy of self work and professional development. And for some reason it just tripped a trigger. And the next three months after that breakup, I just, dove head first into relationship knowledge, understanding what, what if anything, did I screw it up? Which I clearly did. Um, but, the, but she had some opportunities to improve too. Like one of the things was she doesn't like confrontation. So when I was being a jackass, she didn't want to call me on it. So when we finally got back together to proving her that I was putting in the work and I'm not going to stop putting in the work and I'm going to keep trying. And, uh, we realized, okay, we need to start a whole new chapter, right? So, She's like, don't, she's like, I don't even want to think about that first year. You're, you're an idiot. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> okay. so just a lot of things like triggered my metamorphosis and I would never talk about love relationships, romance, nothing. And, uh, so it's interesting how that shifted me, uh, as well. Right. So, cause I already had a lot of work in on personal professional development, but never spent time on matters of the heart and the relationship piece and realizing that all of that is intertwined, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you talk to that intertwining piece of it? Because clearly you took the same energies that you're already doing in other areas and then the divorce and everything tripped in. And he's like, okay, well, I want to help other people learn what I've learned. So, so what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? How do, you, how do you help people intertwine and understand that this does cross over? <laughs> you can't ignore the relationships components. You know, I just give them my example. I tell them, you know, that in my marriage, I was a workaholic and I focused on work single-mindedly. Okay. And when I, when I focused, like, actually, a lot of men do that. Men do that. Oh, yeah. We, we focus Guilty. on work. <laughs> and then we just ignore all the other areas. And very quickly, all those areas, they start to deteriorate, including relationships, health, you know, friendships. They all need our attention. That's the point. Because our life is exactly, it's, everything is intertwined. It's just like our body. It's a, it's a feed, feedback system, mm -hmm. right? When we, when we smile, I mean, when we feel good, we smile. But we, if we smile, we also feel good. So it's, it's a feedback loop. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with our life in general. Yeah, I... I agree with that. I mean, if you if you're having a bad day and you find something to pause and think about that makes you smile, it creates a shift. There's totally a psychological shift. There's a hormonal shift. Um, 
I've, I've talked about this because I know part of your background too is you and I get together, we geek out about, uh, we geek out about psychology too, right? So uh, that, that was a big part of my background. I had made myself go back to school uh, on nights and weekends as an adult student and, uh, and I studied psychology with the marketing. And the biggest mm. thing I took away from that was learning about the domains. Like you're talking about this intertwined thing. Like uh, they say, you know, depending on the, the person you're studying from, some people will refer to it as five domains, six domains, seven domains of your life. Everybody's lives are different. But at the root, as you said, right, you have uh, friendships, you have family, you have romantic relationships, you have your professional life, your business or your, or your career. You have your educational life, like growing mentally, uh, educationally. Uh, if you are back in school or you're still in school, like all these domains. Then you have your health, wellness, and fitness component. So, and they said, yeah, if you if you focus on one domain too hardcore, and you're allowing all those other domains to fall below that zero axis, right? Like it's just all of a sudden they're just dropping off the radar, and it's very hard to keep them all balanced. But you still have to be aware of all of them. And that's one of the biggest things I learned about is like you're you're going to go through periods of your life where yes, education might be more important than career, or now you're in a serious relationship and your romance, but you still have to be mindful of everything else. If you have too far extremes, that's where the stress comes in. That's where mistakes are being made, and that's what I'm getting from you as well is that you can't ignore <laughs> these other domains of your life. So exactly. So exactly. How long did it take you to realize that your career had smashed? down like all these other areas was it immediate I and mean, did you realize like oh my god light bulb going off or did it take a while i think the full realization came about five years after divorce okay it took time right it took time exactly exactly especially because you know i i've been even even during those five years i've been going back to this mode like single-minded working single-mindedly quite a few times and then every time i i stop myself maybe so I, I i would spend i would spend one month in the hard mode working single-mindedly and then I, w I would catch myself and say wait wait a second i i'm putting too much pressure on myself i'm too hard on myself i i have imposed rules that prevent me from relaxing, that prevent me from fe feeling joyful. And I'm stressed all the time. And I had to go through these phases, well, let's say five or six times. And only then I started to finally realize that this, this thing was the reason why I ruined my divorce. And this thing, you know, it, it keeps me stressed out. It doesn't allow me to relax. And I, th I thought that if I, if I would like go on on the same path, it would easily drive me into depression. Hmm. So yeah, that's why I have. Great I point on depression. Um, there's a lot of data coming out right now showing, we, I talked about it before, right? Quarantines aren't easy. Uh, we, we're all learning this here in 2020. And there's definitely, here's the thing. I've always said this, uh, from a relationship standpoint, I am not a coach <laughs> by any stretch of the means. But the one thing I did learn from all of my self-work was you can't expect somebody else to make you happy. I, I truly believe that. Like I told my wife, I said, baby, if you and I are going to keep going, get more serious, get engaged, get married, which we eventually did, right? It, right? I look at her as a bonus. Like I can't 
use her to fill a possible void in my life. I never looked at it as a void. I said, great, I needed to work on my heart, my romantic abilities first before I plugged anybody else into that. So you have to love you. you got to be happy with you. If you're already in a depressed state and you're trying to start a relationship or grow a relationship while you're still trying to work on your crap, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a coach. I'm like, I feel like fix your stuff. Work on you. You know, That way, when you step into that relationship, you're more open and more capable and more willing to grow with that person because you don't have that all that negativity is still there. Uh, is exactly. that realistic to talk about? This is, yeah, the, I love how you put it. It's, uh, it's, it's brilliant. This is exactly how things work in life okay. because it's actually one of the best qualities that a man can have in a relationship, being self-sufficient, being already happy, and re really being on his mission rather than like pursuing the woman mm -hmm. for happiness. And, you know, I think that's one of the problems with our culture because it actually teaches us that, especially men, that, that, especially men, that they are not, not sufficient and they should look for happiness. They should go for happiness to their woman. That doesn't work. No, of course not. Well, would you also agree that also works on the flip too? I mean, my, I, I talked to my wife about that and she's like, you know, I would agree with you. She's like, I was, when we met, she was just starting up her own business uh, I was still trying to figure out my business. So there was a lot of uh, balls in the air, so to speak. Lots of stuff to focus right. on going around. So we really tried to take our time because we each had our own things going on. And and maybe that's what maybe that was a contributing factor why that first year was such a crash and burn because I had just moved uh, to this area back from years living away. And I was still reconnecting, struggling with missing my firefighting life and all those other things. These are all variables that aren't her fault. It's my work, right? Maybe I needed yes. a year to get reassociated, uh, but I didn't. And it took somebody like her to give me a wake up call. But also when I look at her too, she too, like she doesn't need me to run her business. Uh, she doesn't need me to take care of our dog. Like she was already independent with that. She, she had just bought this house that we now own together. And wow. like she already had, like she had a lot of stuff going for her. So I, yeah. that's one thing I found attractive about her was I was like, Okay, she's got her crap together. I mean, yes, yes. Less left, like she doesn't need me for any of this. So uh, that was one thing that we realized together. It was like, okay, I have a lot of strengths. You have a lot of strengths. We both have. We always have stuff that we have to work on, but we don't need each other. If that exactly, makes sense. exactly, yeah. absolutely, because neediness is completely unattractive. It oh, yeah. kills. It kills sexual polarity, and yeah. That is very true. Now, is that something that you list? Uh, I know when people first go to your site, actually, I'm do some screen sharing here. When people first go, and ladies and gentlemen, this will be all in the show notes on the website, ilovethefield.com for his episode, and also in the podcast notes, but his name is romanmiranoff.com. But when you first look, go there, you have a, a quick little, looks like a, fr a free thing here, seven dreadful mistakes that will ruin your relationships and how to fix them. So is this like one of those hot zones that you get right into on, on this type of thing that when people get this? As far as one of the common mistakes about the neediness, in in this one, I don't think that I talk about neediness. Okay. No, I, I don't think so. There are other things. Oh, so there's probably more common things than that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Like the the very first one, I think I started with is people actually 
um, they they come into they come into relationship not to not to give but to get. Oh, ah, okay. Well, yeah, that, that kind of problem. stems up what we just talked about, right? I mean, if you're going in a relationship looking to have that person fill that void, you're looking to get something in return. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This what, is quite connected. What's something more common on that subject? Like if people are hearing this right now, like, okay, getting in a relationship, do you realize you're actually don't realize you're trying to get something out of it? Like what's some examples of when people are trying to get something out of a relationship? Well, for example, I, I just, uh, I talked to a client this morning and he, he has a mother-in-law he doesn't, that he doesn't like. So he, it's so common. <laughs> right. I like my mother-in-law, but I mean, Hey, I other people though. I hear the same thing. It's, it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah. And he actually, he suggested that, um, that his mother-in-law stopped communication, all communication with their family because he doesn't like her so much. So he comes into the relationship having this requirement hmm. and he, he wants like this is one of his needs and he wants wants his needs met he this need met and the, that's the problem that's the problem he i mean the general recommendation is to go into the relationship and do something for your not well to do a lot of things for your partner sure and so you give 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 and only then you get Yes, and one of the, one of the ways that you get is you is you make your partner feel uplifted, appreciated, joyful by doing all those things for her or for him, mm -hmm. and then they you know they light up, they're happy, and you feel happy as well just because they're happy. Okay, I like that. I mean, it's interesting because I I, I didn't read. I never read the five love languages, which is a really popular book out there for, you know, relationship awareness, uh, right. probably until a year and a half, two years ago. And, you know, before we got married, other, other people I've had on the show recommended it. And one of the things I learned from my quiz was I actually like words of appreciation, you know? So like, I'm not saying she needs to thank me for every little thing I do for her, but at least once in a while, I'll notice that I'm going above and beyond or that I didn't have to do that for you, but I did uh, because she, she's, she's not good at that. So I realized, okay, that's, that's, something, that's something that I don't necessarily need from her, but I would want it from her. You know, as I, like, that's why I had her do the same quiz so I could find out how I could do a better job with my communication back to her in return. Like there's yes. certain, like she, she could care less. She doesn't need words. Of, that's right. Words of affirmation. That's what it was. Not appreciation. Right. Words of affirmation. She, her profile. By the way, yeah, by the way, I, I wanted to affirm you. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I was like, okay, I say, so the, she's got her stuff. I actually, literally, as I'm talking to you, it's right here hanging below my monitor. I yeah. literally keep a love languages post it note. Oh my God. To remind me that her, Perfect. her top two are acts of service. Oh, I'm getting applause. This is great. And quality time. Like, I need to unplug. And make it about her. Like, so yes. like, back to your full circle, back to your point. Like, us focusing on our businesses too much. So, I mean, she's a double doctor, highly intelligent woman, very independent. But it's like, okay, that's all I got to do. All I got to do is make sure I'm giving her quality time. Like, last night we had a movie night. Um, 
and it was like no no phones, nothing. She was off. She mm-hmm. was not on call for her doctor stuff, and we just watched a movie together. That was quality time. So I'm meeting her love yeah. language. So, whereas mine is words of affirmation, as as the top one, and then actually I had a tie uh, for the for the top second one. It was either for me. It's also quality time, which was an interesting crossover, and or physical touch. I never realized that I cared so much about, you know, physical physical communication as well. Wow. So, yeah. There you go. I keep it right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- 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 that's that's the power of you know, that's the power of the inner work that you do. I mean, you you did the squeeze and you realize something that you never knew about yourself, right? About the physical touch. Yeah. That's why it's so important. Yeah. Well, also, also affirmation. Like I've done stuff for years, like charity work, nonprofit work. Never could care less if somebody acknowledged me for it or not. I mean, there's years of stuff that I've done. I, I've I've lost track of all the charities I've worked with, and never cared. But then, for some mm. reason, when it comes to my romantic languages, apparently I do care. So, right. Never really understood that. So professionally, don't care. Apparently, romantically, relationship wise, I do care. Hmm. <laughs> Wow. Interesting. That's interesting, right? Yeah. Now, do you uh, you use like you know best-selling books like that? You know, intertwined in with how you work with people because I feel like everybody knows about that book, and if they haven't, and you're hearing this right now, I'll make sure it's linked in the show notes. It's a very popular book that a lot of relationship experts I've talked to have at least casually brought up or mentioned to people. So um, it seems like it's been out there a long time. Yeah. So, what's some other uh, hot items for you that that? Uh, seem to stand out across most of your clients? Well, another thing, just as a quick reminder, I'm very big on this, this tip that I mentioned before, which is being a, missing each other, you know, having the, having the space. So yeah, that's important. The other thing is actually making sure that you have, those daily intimacy moments. Hmm. So what, whatever you want to do, hugging, kissing, holding hands, this is important. I recommend to have them daily on a daily basis. Now, is that just based on physical touch in general or it could be anything? It could be like sending, sending a loving text to each other or something or is absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Just anything romantic works. Okay. Cause intimacy is, is very broad. I know I do know that. Like some people, yes. maybe are more physical. Some people are more verbal. Some people are more uh, kinesthetic, right? Through through the act of doing so. Right. Like me bringing home a bouquet of flowers for something, and then and then I know I don't say a thing. I just I get them all done. I put them on display, and then I like I'm probably gone for a few hours going to do work or something like that. And then she'll get home after a long day, and then just see them there. So yeah. I do little things like that. So. Mm. Yeah. But I also yeah. know that sometimes if she's had to get up early and leave before we don't really have a quality exit in the morning, sometimes she's – like this morning, she was gone before I even had to wake up. She had an emergency call. So yeah. like we haven't even seen I, – I think we saw each other. I'm not kidding you. Before this podcast, I was pulling up in my car. She had just pulled up before me, dropped off the dog because the dog likes to ride with her all day long in, in her vehicle. And wow. then we rolled our windows down as driving past <laughs> – and she's like, I got to go to another call. I'll see you later. <laughs> and I was like, all right, love you. <laughs> and that was it. Like, literally passing ships in, in the street. And I pulled over right. parked and I came in to go do the podcast with you. So I was like, we actually haven't physically hugged, touched, or kissed today. So, uh, yeah. 
So actually, now, now we're talking about this, I think I might have to send her a sweet text or something saying, I, you know, look forward <laughs> to seeing you tonight. So Yeah, yeah. But there, there you go. That's your point. We have plenty of distance today. We, we're missing each other, at least you know during the quarantine. Luckily, her business mm-hmm. keeps her on the go. She's always going out to the farms to help horses. So, but not everybody mm. has that advantage. Yeah, and they need to create it for them, hmm. like create it strategically. Be really intentional about it. That's well, important. He, I have an interesting question for you. How do you give tips on this whole? Okay, it's hard to miss each other if you're both stuck working from home right now quarantine, lockdown, whatever, depending on where you're at in the world. So if you're both stuck in the same house, for example, a friend of mine, uh, she's running her business. He's actually, he has a lot more flexibility, but because the schools are closed, t- parents are forced to be now add on a role they never had to have before, which is a teacher educational role. And now yes. it's trying to and, and I have friends that are, can't stand it. Like we, they can't wait. Like this is why teachers exist. Like people need to appreciate teachers. <laughs> so, so try to run your company while you also have to run webinars for your kid. Like that's how some of these schools are doing it. I don't even yeah. know how they're doing it. Thank God we don't have kids. But like there you go. How do you separate that? How do you create the distance that you're saying is healthy to miss each other? But then find time to create those little romantic moments if you're – running your business, also being a parent and also being a teacher all day long in the same house. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got just one thing. Okay. You know, no one, no one said it would be easy. Ah. Re- relationships are difficult. Okay. Are difficult. They are. And, but they're also a great opportunity for development, for personal okay. development. If you see eat like them, if you see them as a, like a source of stress, a source of challenges that like keep bringing you down all the time, it's not going to work. Okay, so there needs to be a mental flip there, right? You got to. Yeah, there, there should be a mental challenge. flip. Right? Okay. Exactly, and just also another thing is being creative. Really looking for ways to maybe just get your laptop and go work outside for a couple hours. I agree with that. I did it the other day. It was nice. It was a nice sunny day. I was like, granted, I've got like three monitors here, so I'm very productive. But I said, I need to get outside. So I was like, let's go back to a good old fashioned laptop screen, go outside, have a cup of coffee and work in the sun. So and it was very recharging. And uh, exactly. Actually, that was the day my wife was off. So I was in the backyard. She's in and out of the house, you know, doing her own thing so we got to create some of that separation uh without us being up on top of each other inside the house so yeah yeah and i also have this example of a client that i'm actually working with right now and he he is in a different country and he has a very big family hmm. and all they're also they were also in quarantine so all the kids came back home so it was the place was in shambles <laughs> and and so what he started doing is going on a lot of hikes. They're like their their country is beautiful, so he has this great opportunity. They have lakes, they have waterfalls. It's beautiful. Okay. So he took the opportunity and he even went uh, like on hikes during the night for like ten hours. Just himself, obviously. 
yeah, himself and his friends. But yeah, okay. that was the point. That was one of our ideas to, you know, create that create the space by going to, by taking those hikes. So that was his way to unplug from the overwhelming of family life being even more concentrated than normal. Yes. So, exactly. Okay. And, and being this, being apart from his wife to miss her okay. as we talk. Well, one thing I like on top of that is the fact that they are also using things like health and fitness and exercise. That's very, very innovative. A lot of us have made it very easy to just just turn the TV on because you're at home all the time. And I don't. I don't watch a lot of TV before. I don't need to add more on now. Obviously, if it's a date night and then like last night we had a movie night, then great. Uh, but I, I'd rather go work out. I'd rather go on a mountain biking ride this guy going yeah. on hikes. That's great because also people need to have that for stress relief too. People underestimate like doing physical fitness is really not, a, not just about conditioning the physical body. It's, it's helping relieve the brain. Like get yeah. yourself think. I, I tell you all the time, I think completely differently when I'm on my mountain bike versus when I'm skiing in winter time or when I'm even on a road bike, if I'm on a road cycling bike versus a mountain bike, you know, ri mm -hmm. riding it, 25 miles an hour on a, on a paved road versus mountain biking, I think differently because I'm focusing on different things. So when, when I'm on a road bike ride, it's simple, it's easier. So I can, I can think about more ideas and more creativity. When I'm on a mountain bike ride, I literally just focus on that trail and that tree that I, I might hit. And that's really about it. <laughs> so yeah. that's why I love exercise because it gets, it forces you to have to think about other things uh, and change, change the wavelength in your head. Right, right, right. And what about skiing? How do you feel when you're skiing? Are you, do, I just feel do you free. Yeah. I, I mean, the only time I think as far as creative thinking skiing is if I'm on the lift. Uh, but if I'm <laughs> if I'm skiing on the backcountry, if I'm not on a resort property and I hiked in to go do a backcountry skiing or something like that, well, then it's more like you're in the moment of everything around you. Uh, you're hiking, you got skis on your shoulder, different th thought process altogether. So. It's interesting. They're all they're all a little bit differently. But my one good thing about my wife and I is that we both love skiing. We got married in Canada uh, last year uh, in uh, out in Al the Alberta province, and uh, we do is a skiing themed wedding. So wow! <laughs> but the cool thing was we all have a bunch of friends up there skiing with us. So she could break off with the girls and go do her thing, and I could break off with the guys and go do our thing. So even though we both love doing it, we still allowed that separation. We don't yeah. need to be up each other's butts on a ski slope. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'll see you at the lift. You know, we're good. So, yeah. Well, speaking of winter sports and speaking of skiing, now before you came to Toronto, where did you relocate from again? Russia. There you go. Now, did you ever do any skiing out there? Mm, yeah, we, we do have it, but it's not it's not even close to like Rocky Mountains or okay. the Alps. Okay. I figured I'd ask. They're very, very small hills. Okay. Well, that's like here in Pennsylvania. We don't have big mountains. Uh, yeah, to your point, I'd have to go west to go out to the Rocky Mountains uh, to get the higher altitude, more terrain, more options. So, which is more of a reason why we love traveling. Actually, uh, we're already yeah. planning that. We know that the quarantine is going to shift and change and hopefully get better. Um, so, my wife is actually trying to figure out how to find a veterinary conference actually back up at Lake Louise in Canada where we got married or, you know, and we're trying, we're trying to do a return trip, but we can actually do it for business reasons. So we could 
you know, write it off as a business trip, <laughs> you know, but, but give us an excuse to go back and kind of, because we never had a honeymoon because oh. uh, we, we took our time trying to figure out the honeymoon. We we're going to wait a year and do it this year. And now with the quarantine, we were, gonna, we were supposed to go to Italy. Well, that didn't go so well. So, mm. so now we're like, okay, <laughs> you maybe we're going to go back skiing again. We both love doing it. So, uh, so that's one thing we do. We can pull together to have in common. So, um, so I, I had another thing that wanted to ask you about. Is there a is there a consistent methodology that you follow with everyone? Like, or I mean, is there a standard fundamental or foundation of your processes, or do you, are you always having to adapt and change with every single person? There is, is there no consistent game plan? There is. There is. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm quite disciplined and consistent myself in everything I do. So that's why I, I do my best to have a system. Okay. And usually what I do in the very beginning, I, I begin with setting goals, just really understanding what the person wants. And from there, yeah, we can go into different directions with different clients because it, um, some clients want my help with one very, very specific problem. Like take, for example, I do a lot of work in the area of stopping porn addiction. Oh, yes. I remember studying that Th during that three month research period. I had no idea. Porn addiction is real. Like that's. It is. That is actually, it is. that's not a joke. We're actually being serious right now. Uh, I had no, cause I, I mean, all those years living on my own, I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'd hop on my smartphone and you know, I'm at a hotel or whatever. Yeah. That was my, that was my outlet, I guess. So, yeah. but that can be, you don't realize how addicting psychologically that could become. I mean, I think one of the biggest things that stood up to me, if I remember correctly, this is a few years since I did all this research, but you can, you can polish it up was, yep. The fact that it's right there, it's on demand, it's instantaneous. That's not real. Like that's not the way life goes. You can't just exactly have that wham bam thank you ma'am lifestyle. That's not healthy. That's not normal. Completely so, unhealthy. Yeah. Right. So how do you how do you talk to that? I mean, that's got to be an interesting topic <laughs> to try and explain to people. Look, the the good thing for me is that I I don't really have to explain to them because they usually come to me because they know that it's a big problem oh. like a person like a person would spend let's say five hours every day or maybe not every day but on the weekend and they make it an event they they would you know like get a lot of junk food they would get stimulants so they would make it really really like a holiday for them and okay. that's so much pleasure and after having that, they have a lot of regret. They feel shame. They realize that they're squandering their potential. Mm -hmm. So they know it. They, they know that it's a problem. Mostly what they need in a coach in this situation is a person who will hold them accountable. Okay. They, normally, they already know that this is a huge problem. I'm impressed that they have the self-awareness to bring it forth as a problem themselves. Like... So they didn't have to call it out for them. They, they, I, do you think that everybody deep down knows that this is not normal and you should probably no, find a no. way? No, 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 of course not. Okay. That's exactly why those, those people, they reach out to me as a coach because they realize they have a problem, right? And 
this realization, this self-awareness is what helps them actually do something about it. But most people, yeah, they never realize, like I would say that one half, they never really understand that this is a problem. And the other half is they, they, they don't want to take action. They know it's a problem, but they say, well, yeah, they just procrastinate on resolving the problem. Well, that's common with a lot of thought processes these days, right? It's like, okay, well, I keep saying I'm going to go back to the gym, but you know, I'll get around to it. Or yeah, I keep yeah. saying that I'm going to start taking walks, you know, but oh, I'll try next week. I didn't get around to it. So a lot of us, I think, are guilty of our own procrastinations and, yeah. and lack of willingness to become self-aware. So on that point, though, uh, if, if people find out about you, right, if I'm a person who's never even thought about the porn factor or self-aware nothing, and then the other person is somebody who is self-aware, right? They're like, you know what? Yeah. I do want to talk to them about this. I know this is a real problem. Clearly, that person is more capable of being helped because they're, they, they've already accepted it and became self-aware. Yes. Um, versus if you had to bring it up in a coaching conversation and then they've never really considered it before, do they need more time, I guess? Is, is, is it better to have somebody become self-aware before you can even tackle a subject like that? Yeah, of course it's best. But yeah. you know what? The, for me, the important part of coaching is accepting the person as they are. I'm not, I'm not there to change. If, if a guy feels happy by, you know, by being addicted to porn, that's not necessarily my job to change him and to try to improve him. Okay. in a way that I see things. If if his life is working for him, if he feels happy, why not? So the, the point, for, for me, the point is that I, I have like, going back to your original question about the system that I use, mm -hmm. I, my, my general idea that I, like that I pursue by using that system, by setting goals and going into, going into specifics about each goal is, is to help the person achieve what they want. So for example, let, let's say a guy, he is addicted to porn and at the same time, he, let's say he, he wants better results in his career. Okay. And uh, I might think that these are both areas that we need to work on. And he might think that, he only needs to work on the career thing. And if he wants that, I will help him with the career thing. And I won't even mention porn addiction. Okay. Because yeah, again, it's, it's, it's not my job to, to fix people. Sure. So that's interesting. It's not my job to fix people. I like that because a lot of us, I truly believe in the more, as you put in more, I tell you all the time, like we're all just at a different place in the timeline. I think you can agree with me on that. Like, yeah, we're not recreating the wheel here. It's just that some of us might have acquired more data, more information, started earlier in the process. So we're just further down the timeline. So that's kind of what I'm hearing from you is like, okay, man, it's he or she, right? It, but it's like, okay, that's fine. If you only know this much and you didn't realize there's all these other avenues to pursue. That's what I'm here for. I will help you because I've already been looking at this for 10 years, you know? So, yeah. okay, I'm clearly down the timeline further. That doesn't mean you beat yourself up about it. it it's, it's like when I decided to launch a podcast over four years ago, it was like, okay, 
what kind of microphones do I use? What, how do I wire it? What's a mixing board? Like, I have, I have people now, like, they, they, they see photos of my home studio, and they're like, dude, that's a sweet setup. I was like, it did not know, always yeah. look like this. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> right. spent years like, okay, you know what? Maybe this year I'll add this or I'll try this. And, you know, it took time, you know? So, yeah. and there's always going to be more tweaks to come because I have a problem with that. I like to keep improving things. But part of that process is being patient with the process, knowing that it's going to take time to acquire the said knowledge. Granted, uh, my podcasting game leveled up a lot faster when I started attending podcasting conferences. So I started surrounding mm -hmm. myself with people who knew more to speed up the timeline. Um, so there's all these other little things. Now, granted, I don't know. Like, do you, do you ever do? I guess it's kind of weird to do a group event, but in the relationship coaching world, are there? Because I know you trained under like Tony Robbins and a couple of the great influencers for for what you know, but like, yeah. would you go to events about relationship coaching? I, I don't know. Mm, That's not really not a common thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's usually more personalized, one on one. Yeah, usually. Yeah, I do offer group coaching as um, as a discounted option for people who can't can't afford like full fledged coaching. Yeah, and it's normally just three people in a group session and they so get yeah each one gets half an hour to talk and so the other the other two people listen oh so is that now okay. do you keep that more of like i mean i know there's a lot of online groups out there that call like the guys groups or the uh or like i don't know we call them not guys groups but like men's whatever is it easier to to surround people with like-mindedness uh or similar situations like I, I could see that I could see some value in group because what if you're not ready to go full bore in that allows you to put your toe in the water. You can yeah. see what's going on. You could hear that you're not alone in what's, what's happening. I could see right. some value in that. Um, there is value. And yeah, a lot, a lot of people, one of, one of the biggest problems for coaches like me is that people, when they come to, to see me for the first time, they are not prepared to share. Hmm. And I do need them to share because there's like this crazy, crazy example that I have. Uh, you know, I started, I started coaching a client, and in one of our first sessions, like I, I had this suggestion for him. So maybe he, uh, maybe he should work out hard. Like he, he was, he was working out using very, very, very very light dumbbells and i said maybe you should like i'm a big fan of like you know strength this core actually yeah strength training core exercises dead, deadlift bench press squats yeah that, and, those, are the, those are the standard base fundamentals of power lifting so exactly yeah but then after i made this just general suggestion not telling him specifically to go to the gym but the next session the very next session it turns out that he has hemorrhoids Okay. And well, that's kind of, important. And that, I mean, <laughs> it, it is important. And so you, you, you don't, you don't really, so people don't want to, they're not open to sharing this kind of things right when they see you for the first time. Right. So you need to develop that bond with them and yes, group coaching can help build that bond first. Okay. Because they, they, they start to, they see that this thing can actually work out they like it they see they see value in me as a coach and then they start you know trusting me more and then they could go to sharing more things to me yeah. i could definitely see that being open. very very true i mean i've i've talked to other 
some people call them romance experts, you know, relationship coaches. Yes. Uh, I, I think one, one person, they actually called them, um, actually some, they call themselves a unconditional love person, which actually is nice. I know that's part of what you talk about too, right? It's like yeah. reaching that place where you can realize you can connect with somebody. Maybe it's just yourself, like giving yourself true unconditional love, like accepting yourself and all of your strengths and your weaknesses. Like one of the words I... I'm really trying to delete out of my vocabulary is uh, anything around the term perfectionism or being perfect right. or, Oh yeah. yeah, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect like that. We're, we're, there's no such thing as perfection. There's your summary. Right? Exactly. <laughs> we are all, like I said, different places in the timeline, growing differently, challenged differently. Like just because I can ski well, doesn't mean that you can, you know, it's okay. Like there's no, there's why strive for perfection. Here's the thing. If we reach perfection tomorrow, then where's the rest of the fun in life? Where's the rest of the, <laughs> right? Like where's the rest of the challenge? If everything was perfect tomorrow, that could get very boring. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But we keep being told that, well, I could love you if this, or I could love myself if I had this. And it's like, that's not unconditional love. Like, that's, yeah, you've got to, I'll be happy when, right. Or, or if, I'll do this when I have this, or I will challenge myself to go do that once I've done this. Like it's all these conditions. And it's like, well, right. what if that condition didn't exist? What if you've always wanted to go, you know, hike a 14,000 foot peak, which Colorado has lots of them. I've done five of them. Uh, I want to go back and do more. And I was like, well, just say yes. After that, well, then you could go figure out how to train for it, get get more fit for it. You know, maybe find some other fellow hikers that'll go join you on something like that. There you go. Just yeah. first part of it is just saying yes. <laughs> exactly. I bet exactly. that's a big part of your your clientele too. It's like say yes to yourself. Like, hey, it's okay. Let, let's let's work on you for a bit. Right, and actually, when it comes to perfectionism, I, I also. Yeah, I've had a lot of problems with that earlier in my life, and I'm I'm still not clean of it of it completely. One rule that helps me a lot is really, really starting, you know, as quickly as possible, and not thinking about being perfect. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm prepared to fail fast, and I always like, for example, if I do something. Mm, for example, I, I need to create a sales page, a landing page. I will start with the the simplest page I can do just to get it out there. Right. The simplest. Th that's the point. And then I will add up things to it to make it better. And I I do the I I follow this principle in everything I do. Well, I like that. I think a lot of us I think there's a lot of great influencers out there on the self development front or self improvement front or just really great coaches. They've failed forward. A lot of us, forward, we're, we're right? so guilty of paralysis by analysis, right? Like overanalyzing something. Eddie's got to be air, air quotes perfect until I could do that. No, like you're even once you've done all that prep, you may never end up doing that next step because you're still worried about making a mistake. And it's like mistakes are going to happen. That's how we learn. It's okay. Yeah. Accept the failures. Exactly. Exactly. And how there is that there is this one good statement but so yeah basically the, the the general idea is to be able to start with the the very worst worst version of what you want but as long as, as it works if it works it's fine 
like Hamilton said draft start with a draft yeah draft version there you go that's that's how I had to get going with my book project almost two years ago it was like okay I gotta start writing something down <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna yeah. become a book or not I mean now it will be I finally hired an editor but on your same point like okay start like just put some words down on paper or set some goals down like this is all again full circle it's all back to self-improvement professional development yes. We're sharing a lot of the same principles. They just extend. The biggest issue is extending them into the relationship realm. You know that unconditional love realm, the self love realm. Um, no, I, I, I feel like a lot of us, especially during this quarantine, are probably struggling with that. You know, everybody's holding themselves to a higher standard, trying to be great at everything. Don't you know, get through this together? Right? It's like no, it's not like that. You don't need to be beating yourself up that much. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, Rowan. I've been having a blast with you today, but uh, we do have to bring the show towards a close. And one thing oh, I no. ask, I know, right? <laughs> one thing I want to ask my guest co-hosts is I want you guys to help us, you know, close out for the day because especially someone like you, you've talked to a lot of people going through challenges. And back when I first started the show, I would say, hey, what are some final words you, you just want to leave behind? And then over the years, it got it morphed. And I realized, like, you know, what's it's still final words, but... I don't know. What's a legacy? What's a legacy message that you want to leave behind? Like if everybody forgot everything else we talked about today, hopefully not. Uh, but you know, at the end, you know, full circle guys, like this is why Roman is doing what he's doing. Like wh why are you trying to help people with all this stuff? What would you like to leave people behind with as a final thought? I would say that we, we talked about all those different life areas, life zones, right? And relationship is one of them. So, for example, if you spend eight hours working every day, so you spend eight hours on your career, the area of your career, you can't not put any hours into a relationship. I mean, you need maybe you need to put some hours into the relationship area as well. It requires work. It requires being intentional. It requires conscious effort, <clears throat> just like your work does. And this is very important to understand because people have this have this like erroneous belief that they already know how to make relationships work, like by like by default, they know it, and and they're often wrong. So and they think that their relationship will be great even if they don't, it, it doesn't really need any work. And I think that's, that's the main, that's the main issue with our relationships today. They do require quite a lot of effort and they, if we ignore them, they tend to deteriorate. So like try to use the same approach as you use it with your work. You read books, right? In your professional and like in your profession, your career, business or whatever, Read a book about relationships and not just don't just read it, but also apply it. Well said. I agree. Got to simplify things sometimes. Well said, Roman. Well, listen, hang tight. I'll give you a proper goodbye off of the air. Ladies and gentlemen, as I reminded you earlier in the show, we were talking about his different coaching methodologies. We were talking about um, he's got that uh, free seven column mistakes giveaway he's got on his website. So, again, go to his website, Roman 
Miranoff.com. And I actually have, I'll do a screen share one more time for the video watchers since we're on the Facebook streaming. So again, check him out there. And again, all this stuff will be linked in the show notes like we normally do. Uh, since he was talking about books at the very end, hey, check out that book I was telling you guys about, Five Love Life, Five The Five Love Languages. Really powerful. It helped me myself. So yeah, you could pull a lot of great nuggets of knowledge out there for you guys. So ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Roman helped us do that today. Thanks for tuning in. And a reminder, you two could live the fuel We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. 